0: Well, we are, um, we're continuing in the, the Psalms series, so looking at uh, what is it that we can learn from those who have gone before us, uh, first of all, about the way we're supposed to live our lives, about the way we relate to God, and um, really what it looks like to live a well-lived life life. Um, and so the Psalms, primarily written by David, they are the worship songs of uh, generation upon generation upon generation of people who are trying to follow after the way of God. And um, so we've been looking at a variety of Psalms over the last few weeks, and, and today we're looking at uh, Psalm 1, which has some fairly intense language in it in terms of like, oh man, what is it that, uh, that this means for us? Uh, but there's this theme that, it, as I spent time in this passage, there's this kind of like this picture that... Um, has just emerged in my own reflection and study, and it's this idea of being uprooted. Uh, we have been going through, I think, as a people, a, a, a time in our in our like the, is unlike anything that we have really experienced in generations, probably of of like normal being just kind of like ripped away from us, right? Where it's like, man, there's just nothing. It just feels so like uprooted. We feel like it's, we're, we're like disconnected from um, what would be maybe typical. So, there's this picture of this uprootedness. there's also like uprootedness in the sense that um, something was was growing somewhere or had been planted somewhere, and then it's been kind of like taken from that place and moved to a different place. Um, I was talking with someone of, uh, about a year ago and they were talking about the the challenge of moving trees and um I didn't realize that he said there's this 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 process you have to mark which side or at least for some trees it's it's a good idea to to mark which direction that tree was planted or where it started to grow so that when it gets planted in the new place that it's still oriented in a similar kind of way to, to help it be like, to help it to continue to grow because it grows in a certain way. There's this unsettling, even when you're talking moving from from something that was maybe not great to, to something that, that's better, uh, that, that process of, of being un, up, like uprooted and then, and then transplanted and, and plugged into uh, to somewhere different. I, I was actually, maybe I I don't know if I should admit this or not. Ginny told us to, to get out our cell phones. I got out my cell phone. And um, when I did, for those of you guys that are on Facebook or have the Facebook app, it tells you like there's memories, like the on this day. Has any ever had an on this day thing that pops up? And um, on this day... Uh, last year, 12 months ago, uh, we were leaving Denver, Colorado and moving our way up here. And so that was the reminder, literally, as I'm sitting here getting ready to talk about being uprooted and and understanding what that's like. Um, But then I scrolled down a little further on that notification, and it was in 2007. We were talking on that same day. We were talking about a a different move uh, that our family was doing at that point. And it was just like, wow, this is a, a day where <laughs> memories are uprooted kinds of memories. Um, good things, right? Good things, but, it's, but it's, there's, there's a process that we go through in this relocation process. Um, not just that, that move necessarily, but we have gone through as a people, um, a process of, um, of feeling uprooted, of feeling maybe in like we're in an unfamiliar kind of setting um, that maybe even is a little bit unsettling, um, we talk spiritual lives. We talk about our spiritual lives and we, we have these moments where where we, we take steps forward and all of a sudden now we find ourselves in new territory spiritually. And, and it's like, well, I'm, I'm in a different place now spiritually than I was before. And it's, it's a little bit unsettling, even though, though it's a good and it's, it's progress that there's this part of us that's like, but it's unfamiliar, right? I'm not sure how this is supposed to work and that there's this unsettling piece that that as we take steps forward or as we we make these kinds of moves that um, sometimes the benefit of that move isn't immediately obvious and we have this tension that exists where it's like, do I need to just take a step back, right? Because I know what familiar felt like and I know what, what that was and I know that maybe it wasn't always great, but there was something in it that was familiar that felt at least comfortable in some way that when we're talking about being unsettled or uprooted or, or moved into some kind of new environment, that, that there is this gravitational pull that exists within, within us that, that takes us back to the familiar, to the safe, to, to something that feels settled, right? Maybe it's not great, but it's, it's at least familiar. And that's the kind of the, the, the themes that are woven all throughout this passage. As it talks about spiritual progress, it talks about what it looks like to to make choices about what it is that we're that we're really going to focus on. What is it that we're gonna? What, what kind of source are we going to draw from? And so P, uh, so so David as he's as he's writing in Psalm one, he says this. He says, "Blessed, or you could say happy, is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way of th- that sinners uh, that that sinners take, or or sit in the company of mockers." And so. David's saying, look, there are these, these types of behaviors that just simply aren't good behaviors, right? These are the kinds of things that, that people, that, that are, are evil kind of people or, or people who, who we don't want to model our lives after. These are the kinds of things they do. He says, um, so blessed is the one that, that avoids certain things. And I think one of the dangers of any kind of Godward life is that we, that we focus primarily primarily on what is it that we're supposed to avoid. So we think about a spiritual next step, and we're like, okay, so I'm going to get closer to God in this season. I'm going to move forward in this season. And then we automatically say, so, so, so what does that mean that I'm not going to be able to do anymore, right? What freedom maybe am I giving up, or what behavior, or what activity, what is it that I'm going to give up, and I have to let go of certain things, and I have to do things in a different way. And so we, we read passages like this at the beginning of Psalm 1, and it's like, okay. So a Godward life, right? A life well lived is primarily marked by, if we just stopped with, with the first verse of this passage, would be, well, if I can avoid right, walking in step with the wicked or standing in the way that sinners take or if I can avoid uh, sitting in the company of mockers, that it all becomes about this negative, kind of like understanding something positive by understanding the, the, the negative side of it. Saying it's, it's all about letting go. It's all about not doing. It's all about avoiding. It's all about like, kind of like staying away from certain things. But then David in, in verse two says, but whose, delight, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and, and who meditates on his law day and night? In other words, it's not just about not walking in step in certain ways or standing in certain places or being in the, in the company of certain people. It's not just about avoiding. It's also about what is it that we're taking hold of? Right? This is that picture when we talk about a, a tree that's been uprooted and moved into a different location, that, that it's, it's gone through this process of it was here and it was connected and it was, it was all these kinds of things, but then it was moved and then planted in something different that it's now been taken, it's taken hold of some new kind of setting to understand the, the Godward life, not just as, 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 the, as behaviors that we avoid, there's things that we should avoid, but but the but the joy that comes with this kind of journey, the joy that comes with 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 moving forward, when when the, the 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 verse starts by saying blessed or happy. Happiness isn't just found in avoiding things, right? Happiness is is taking hold of what matters. It's about whose delight is in the law of the Lord. The law of the Lord at that point at that point it was, was really a way of seeing things. It was a way of living that, that that the psalmist is writing and saying, this is what life could look like. It's not just that it's a list of laws, but it's it's the way that God has created for us to live, who meditates on the ways of God day and night. So it's not just about a matter of avoiding. It's not just a matter of, a kind, of like, kind of like staying away from certain things, but it's also about what is it that we cling to, that, that happiness isn't simply found in, in, in not doing certain things, but it's found in, in replacing those things with, with something better, that life well lived is about more. It's about more than avoidance. And then the psalmist continues in verse 3, that person, right? that person who avoids certain things but but avoids them because they're taking hold of of better things, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. For most of us, we read that passage, that particular verse, and it's like, that doesn't feel like my life most of the time, right? It's like, boy, everything I touch just turns to gold. Man, everything just seems to fall into place exactly like I hoped it would, and, and then, like, the, the things aren't required of me that, that make me uncomfortable. It's like, things just work, right? And we look at this beautiful picture, this beautiful picture, not just of, of like the fruit of that well-lived life, but it's, this is like the process that, that we go through, this person that's planted like a, like a tree planted by streams of water, yielding fruit in season, and, and the leaves that don't wither, whatever they do prospers. It's this beautiful picture of maybe the outcome of of a life well lived, this beautiful picture of saying, So if I so if I avoid avoid the things that I that I shouldn't be taking hold of, if I take hold of the things I should take hold of, if I focus my life, right, if I if I if I drill down deep and, and take hold of the good things, then the fruit of that is is beautiful. It's good, it's this it's this beautiful picture of a life that's well lived. And so the psalmist starts with this, like what starts out feeling negative, but then moves to this positive and then, and then paints this beautiful picture of, of a life well lived and then, and then lays immediately up next to that, this, this picture of what it looks like for people who make a different set of choices, who, who operate in a different kind of way. Verse four, he says, not so the wicked, right? They're like the, the shaft that, that, that the wind blows away. They're, they're not rooted. It's, it's, if the wind comes, then, then they get, the, the wind blows it away. It's a simple picture, right? You lay you lay these two pictures side by side, this this tree that's planted by streams of water, yielding fruit in season and, and its leaf isn't withering. Whatever happens in that in that life, it it prospers. And then in a very simple, one sentence explanation of what life is like unrooted, what life was like uprooted, what life is like holding on to and doing the kinds of things that, that don't take us where we where we really want to go. It says they're like chaff that, that the wind blows away. Right, one simple explanation of what this looks like, this, this picture of this, this tree planted by streams versus this like whatever just being blown away as, as the wind blows. And in verse five, therefore, therefore the wicked will not stand in, in the judgment nor, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. Right, our kids are now circling one of the words, righteous, we, we said this, right? Um, and I think one of the dangers we look at in this, in this moment, in this passage, is, is we look at judgment and it's like, oh man, see, now we're talking about like, not measuring up. Great, now we're talking about the thing that we're afraid of. And we tend to, because of our fears, we, we, we tend to, and because we're so focused on, well, what if someone would judge me? Or what if, what if like, you know, even God looks at me and he judges me? That, that we put maybe a capital J on judgment. Like, they're not gonna even stand in the judgment. How can they stand before God as God is judging them and all these kinds of things? But, but the picture that the psalmist is painting isn't, isn't so much that moment. As it's a, it's, it's the, what would happen when, when people would come together and they would make, make decisions as a community about justice kinds of things, about things that, that, that mattered. So they would, they would meter out justice. They would make decisions about the things that, that, that people were coming to with questions and, and disputes between different people. And so what the psalmist is saying is, how could someone... How could someone without roots? How could someone without a strong foundation, with without something that's that's bigger than themselves, if they have no foundation? How could they bring about justice for others? If if it's if it's that their foundation and their source is fully wrapped up in themselves and what they think is right and what they feel is right, then then how could they, how could they be part of bringing justice into the world around them? How could they be part of of changing the world in any kind of way? How could they how could they stand in the assembly of those who are who are creating? Who are creating justice if their foundation and their source is themselves and it becomes a profound question right instead of saying well i'm afraid of being judged or i'm afraid of that moment that i I, you know i have maybe i wake up at night and i'm worried about what is it going to look like to stand before god and i mean now even the psalmist is saying how could this person stand in the judgment it really is a question of if it's just about us it's just about how we feel it's just about the choices that make us most comfortable if we are like that kind of person, without that foundation, without the kind of like anything beyond ourselves, then how could we look out into the world around us and, and make any kind of difference right how could we how could we make a difference in that way? How could we bring about justice for others? For the Lord verse six, for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous but the way of the wicked leads to destruction right which is not exactly the most I don't know, hopeful way, way it feels like to, to end. It's kind of like, oh man, I've got to think about this. Right? Here's this, the psalmist and the, the journey and these six verses that, that the psalmist takes us on. Now we've got these, these two pictures and we've got these, these two different outcomes. We've got this, these people who are like trees planted by the, by the stream. And then we have people who, you know, they're just being blown all over the place and they have, they have no business standing in any kind of like judgment or anything else because it, it's all about themselves. And then in verse 6, for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, right? Watches over the steps, watches over the journey of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. There's two options, right? This whole, this whole story that's, that's woven into this psalm that's being detailed by this poetic explanation of, of this well-lived life is, um, is that there's really two options for the journey. One is that we, that we find ourselves rooted in things that matter, and the other is that we find ourselves not really rooted at all, that we're just kind of like being blown around, making the decisions that, that require the least of us. These two options for the journey. One way is that, is that God is watching over the journey, right? Which is such a beautiful picture. You think this is, this is God who created everything, who, who's in charge of everything, who's in control of everything. Now, now watching over the way watching over so it's not so much that it's just that we're trying to sort things out and figure things out but here is God now guiding us as we try to make the right kinds of decisions we trust him as we listen to him as he as he guides us along the way he says but the way of the wicked but the way of the wicked leads to destruction and again, we bring our fears. Again, we bring our baggage. We bring all the things that, that would make us say, see, that's God not caring about us. That's, that's God just waiting to judge. That's God waiting to destroy. That's God saying, well, this is a this is kind of person that I don't care about. But what the psalmist is actually saying is the way of the wicked, right? when the wicked gets their way, when the wicked makes their choices and takes their steps and, and moves in the direction that they want to move, then it leads to destruction. right? How could God bless a journey that's not the journey that he designed us for? This is not God destroying people, right? This is not God sitting and, 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 and causing trouble for people. This is our stubbornness. These are our kind of like self-centered choices leading to destruction, right? This is the outcome of, of a life that's not well lived and so we have two choices right we have these, these two choices that really play out in this whole process that that plays out of, of God's transforming work in us and and the, and when you talk of the destination of the journey that you have this one where God is watching over affectionately watching over his people and then and then one where there's there's this journey that's that's leading towards destruction or that that it's really a choice and then it's choices that go about supporting that one choice right it's a it's a process that that takes us somewhere so the question is if we're if we're if we're we're like walking that way. If if that's if that's reality, then then how do we get how do we get to where we want to be? How do we get to 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 the place that God is calling us? And it starts with us recognizing that the, that the choice that we make, right? We feel like these choices are all disconnected, or we feel like there's not weight that's associated with things, or that we can kind of do what we want to do. And recognizing that that the choice that we make starts a process. Right, and that's what the psalmist is describing, is that is in one hand, it's this process that, that takes us on a journey towards righteousness, that takes us on, a, on this Godward living life. And the other starts us on a process that, that leads to destruction, right? That that journey is, is, is marked by the choices along the way. It's not just that we're like, you know, put on a path or we have no choice, that, that we have a choice, we make a choice, and that choice begins a process. And so we're becoming something. The question is, what is it, what is it that we're becoming? This, this moment, this choice is the point in time, right? It's a, it's, a, it's a story about where we are and what we're becoming. It would be dangerous for us to, to look at this psalm and say, this is a story about fruitfulness. This is a story about trying to figure out how to make ourselves into this fruitful tree, how to like, will ourselves by, by certain behaviors or by avoiding certain things and saying, so what is it that I have to do to make myself fruitful? I'm going to will myself to do this. I'm going to fight for, for what is it that I, that I want, that, that that outcome is the thing that I want. This is a story about choices and a process that lead to a particular outcome. It's about making a choice about what we really want and then, and then making the choices and taking the steps that support that. It's also a story about, about the source. It's also a story about the inputs that determine the outcome. That we make a choice, that we have these opportunities, these moments in time where, where we look and we say, there's, a, there's an option in front of me, there are options in front of me and I have to make a choice about this thing. And it, and it starts a process which, which is a way of living. Right? It's a way of becoming. What is it that we're becoming? The problem is, with what the, the, the picture is used by the psalmist in this moment, you've got these, these, these plants, right? You've got the, this tree that's, that's bearing fruit by the stream and then you've got these dried up plants that are kind of just being blown around and, and whatever happens, happens. And, and it's like, the dried-up plants can't even see, and maybe they can't even imagine that, that they could be fruitful. Maybe they can't even imagine that, that life could be different than it is because it's all about just simply trying to, to find that next little piece of something that, that might feel like makes things make a little bit more sense. The, the problem is that the, the dried-up plants can't even see sometimes that they're dried-up plants, that they're longing for something that's being offered to them, which means we have to recognize the source. We have to recognize the source. We, we think maybe for some of us, if we think, wow, things are, are coming together, I'm, I'm, I'm making good choices, or I'm doing the right kinds of things, or I'm looking at my life, and it's like, this is going pretty well. And we look at that, and we have this tendency to think that, that because we're, maybe because we're in a position or in a moment where we feel strong and where we, where we feel fruitful, that, that we think that it's because we're strong and fruitful people. Right, that we make that about it, this character reality of ourselves. And we look at that and we look at other people and we're like, man, that's, that's like their life is so different than mine. It's, it's, look at all the fruitfulness and, this, the, and the, the relative strength of my life. And man, they must be you know, like, just not like me because I'm just a strong and fruitful kind of person. Or we, we turn it around and we're like, well, that person, my goodness, look at their life. All right, if my life was like their life, then it would be so much easier. Of course I would trust God if, if life looked like that. Of course I would, would trust God for the next step if, if I was already that fruitful, if I was already like that tree. And, and we look from a position of that dried up plant looking and saying, I don't know if this could ever happen. And we're having this conversation, whichever side of it we're on, what the, the, the problem is we've severed that kind of conversation, that kind of understanding from, from the source where does the strength and fruitfulness come from, right? Where, where does this actually come from to recognize the source? So when we're in moments where it's like, wow, things are going well, God, thank you. God, thank you that, that, that you have done for me something that I know I couldn't do for myself, that, that our lives give God glory in that way. To understand that what we're rooted in makes all the difference. Right, that the source of, of whatever growth that we're experiencing in our lives, whatever, whatever fruit that's, that's, that's showing up in our lives is, 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 is based on what we're rooted in. Right? It's where we're placed once we make the choice about where is it that we want to be placed. And then part of the evidence that we're, that we're getting this right is that God gets the glory in our stories. Right? That, that we can say, look, this is what God is doing. That, that, we've, that we've kind of gotten to a point in, in our transformational journey where it's like, I don't even have to make myself look good anymore because I want to just make God look good. That, 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 yeah, it may look like I've got life together. It may look like there's, there's pieces that are starting to fit together. Maybe that it's been a longer journey of, of, of restoration and all these things, and, and we get to the point where it's like, you just have to understand. If somebody would look at us, it's like, you don't understand. This is what God has done. This is not what I did. This is, this is the source. This is God doing what God does in my life to allow him to get the glory. It also means that we that we understand the process in the sense that growth takes time. I like that the psalmist uses the picture of a tree planted by the, the stream because it's, it's not in a moment of like, instant gratification or immediate results. It's, it's a process that, that takes time as it, as it grows, that this imagery of the tree shows that, that growth takes time. On the other side of that, maybe we need to remember too that sometimes that like slow descent takes time too. We can cut a branch off of a tree or we can uproot a tree and, and it's going to look like everything's fine. But it's like that tree has been uprooted. That tree is laying in our yard. Right, Its, its roots aren't even in the ground anymore. That tree is effectively dead. It just doesn't know it yet. Right? That that process takes time. And so, so as we talk about the spiritual journey, as we talk about the choices, as we talk about fruitfulness, it's like we have to trust they have to take a long view. We have to trust the process. We have to trust that, that, that growth is going to take time. And sometimes we can start to back away. We can start to maybe pull up the roots out of the things that, that the, the source that has gotten us where we are and start to say, I'm going to make it about what I want now. It's like I've achieved a certain level of, of, of what I wanted out of my life. And so now I'm going to kind of like take control of myself or take control of my life. And we start to do this uprooting process. And it's like, that starts the process of, of destruction, right? It starts the process of, of what would, be look, would look like death, but, but we don't see it right away. It's not like this light on our dashboard starts blinking. It's, it's a slow process. And so we have to look and we have to start to say, so, so, so what's the trajectory of life right now? What is it that's happening to take a long view? All right, you can remove a tree from the source and it's going to look okay for a while, that you might place a tree in a, in a good source and it might take a little while for, for that to start to really bear fruit, but to trust the process, to trust that growth takes time, that growth and fruit come in seasons, right? To trust the source that it's sufficient for growth and fruit, even if it's not fruitful 100% of the time, that the source is sufficient which is why we can't just chase growth. We can't just chase fruit, that, that we have to commit to the source. This is what the psalmist is saying. It's like, blessed is the one who, who ignores all the nonsense and the, that, that's happening around them and just simply says, I choose, I choose the source. I'm gonna let my roots go deep. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take what I can take from, from, from the source and allow that to change who I am. And so instead of chasing the, the outcomes, it's I'm gonna commit to the source. Because growth and, 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 and fruit that comes in seasons, and we're going to look at if we're only looking at kind of what's happening above the surface, then we're going to miss most of the story. To let, to let the source grow us in season, to let it bear fruit in season, in a, in a world that's full of instant gratification and, 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 and easy answers to say, I'm going to commit to this thing. Because that means that our lives for a world who's looking on, right? For people around us that we care about, for, for friends and family members who are, who are looking for something that, that's, that's better than, than what life is for them now. For them to see our lives and for our lives to become the evidence, the evidence of an invitation to a better way, to, to a better way that our lives actually become the evidence that there, that there is a better way, that, that, that as our, our, our life in, in, the, in the seasons, as we're connected with the sources, as, as the world around us seems to be shaking, as, as things come and go, and all these things are changing, that, that we're connected, that we're, that we're committed, that we're, that we're investing ourselves in the source. That it's more than just a single choice, that it's a way of living. The problem is we've got all these weeds and all this chaff that's blowing around us that's trying to convince us that they've found a better way, right? They've got freedom. They can do what they want to do. They're, they're not stuck. They don't have to, like, feel like, like, orient themselves around anything in particular. They can do all this, and we're, we're saying that, that there is a better way, right? We're going to commit to this, that, that we're, we're going to allow our roots to go down deep, that we're going to trust the process. And then to allow that fruit, to allow the source as it works through our lives, as as God does his transforming work in us to become evidence that there is truly a better way. So this evening, this is an opportunity for us to maybe get a better picture of what what the Godward life can look like, for us to look at what fruitfulness actually looks like in our lives, to to look and to say, God, what I'm chasing after. And maybe I've been looking for the wrong things or I've I've come and I've I've had like a piece of what the picture actually is, but, but now I can imagine that God, you're inviting me to be like that tree right by the right by the water, that's bearing fruit in season, that's growing in season, that 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 life is is is, is, is connected to the source, an opportunity to get the right picture instead of running around saying, well, this is this is all, the, the God word. Life is just about what I have, what I avoid, but to say it's about what I'm what I'm rooted in, the source of of everything that's that's good in my life which leads us to ask the question, what is it that we're rooted in? Right? What is it that's, that's, that's providing the, the nutrition or, or whatever it is that's, 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 that's driving our lives? Or what is it maybe if we're not rooted, what is it that we're, that we're constantly finding ourselves chasing after? That it's like, what's that thing that, that keeps us from settling that, that would say, like, like I, I see and I can imagine that, that God is inviting me to be rooted in something that matters, but, but man, there's something that it just draws me. There's like this gravitational pull that, that, that takes me away that would say, well, if I, if I choose this thing, this, this God's best for my life, if I choose this, then, then that means that I have to let go of that. I just don't know if I want to do that. It's an opportunity. This is an opportunity for God to do some work in us that, that, that would say, well, well why, would you, why would you choose the other? Why would you choose the lesser thing, the, uh, the uprooted thing, the, 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 the wind blowing you around thing when, when the source is inviting you to, to be rooted there? What is it that we're tempted to chase after and then for our lives to become evidence, right? For our lives to, 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 to look out and to, and to see the world in this kind of lens, but then to, to allow others to look into our lives in, in a way that says, well, that makes sense, right? It may have taken a while. And it may have taken some bruises along the way and, and all these kinds of things. And it's not that you're perfect, but you've, you've found the source of, of peace. you found a source that, that sustains you for our lives to become the evidence that there is a better way right not because we've figured out how to argue or not because we've avoided certain things but because we've committed to the source that that creates the the environment for the fruitfulness and the growth in our lives